Hey everyone, Will Daniel here. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Gentlemen Prefer Bonds. If you've been enjoying this podcast so far, give us a good rating on iTunes. You can even leave us a review there if you feel like it. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and this week, if you're up to it, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and let us know if you think On Her Majesty's Secret Service is a Christmas movie. For a themed drink this week, we decided to make a cocktail with Kirsch. That's K-I-R-S-C-H. If you're unfamiliar, it's a cherry brandy made in Switzerland, where most of this movie takes place. This drink is called a Kirsch Rose, and to make it, you'll pour an ounce and a half of Kirsch into a shaker with ice, add an ounce of dry vermouth and an ounce of grenadine, and don't go using Rose's grenadine, you're better than that. I know that stuff is fine for your Shirley Temples and your Roy Rogers, but I strongly recommend something more tart and flavorful for this drink. It'll be worth it, I promise. Personally, I used one of those fancy Italian pomegranate syrups. It was excellent. Shake that up, strain it into a chilled cocktail glass, add a Luxardo cherry if you please, and that's a sweet and delicious drink that if this James Bond wouldn't like, I think this Blofeld probably would. Check out our YouTube in January. You can search Gentlemen Prefer Bond's podcast on there. You should see our stuff. We're going to try our best to have a Diamonds Are Forever video for you early on in the new year. But for now, thanks for listening, happy holidays, and as James Bond himself says, Merry Christmas. Here's our conversation on On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Welcome back to Gentlemen Prefer Bonds. I'm Will Daniel. And I'm Will Schlick. And I'm Max Wilcox. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the sixth Bond film, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Before we do, though, uh, I got a couple notes, a couple questions. Leftover from uh, You Only Live Twice uh, is arguably my favorite part of the book, You Only Live Twice, that I forgot to mention uh, last time, and that is uh, the character Kissy Suzuki in that novel um, has gone to Hollywood to try to make it as an actress. Didn't work out. She's gone back to her tiny Japanese fishing village. Uh, and so Bond asks her at one point, do you think you'll ever go back to Hollywood, uh, give acting another shot? And she's like, no, I, I hate Hollywood. It's, it's a terrible place. Everyone there treated me like a dog. Everyone except David Niven. <laughs> She's like, David Niven's a great guy. And Whoa. James Bond agrees, and he's like, D- yeah, David Niven's the best. I mean, unequivocally... <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. At first I thought you were going to say that she has webbing Unequ- feet. Unequivocally, <laughs> David Niven is a great guy. So that's, that's one of those, like, yeah, man. That's a weird... Water's wet. I... I, I uh, yeah, I just like to think of, of Ian Fleming like kind of going down his hit list at this point. Like, who, who else do I still need to insult before I die? I mean, like, you know what? Fuck all of Hollywood. Like, you're a bunch of posers, bunch of phonies. You ruined my books. Hollywood sucks. And then goes back a minute later. It's like, David Niven's okay. Like, I have to make sure we know that everyone thinks I know David Niven's okay. Did, did Fleming want David Niven to play Bond? I think he was considered at one point. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he played Bond in the the Columbia Casino Royale, right? He did. Okay. Uh, okay. So, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, I'll do some some uh, background history, but before we do, uh, we're recording this on December twentieth. I'm going to hopefully uh, be able to release it this week. Uh, is this a Christmas movie? Sure. Uh, I'm going to say no. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> All right. It, it, it occurred to me on, on this watch. Uh, a lot of the... My argument is that uh, a lot of the most important action happens uh, Christmas Eve through Christmas Day. Uh, and then 
there's uh, there's the line "Merry Christmas 007," yeah. uh, and they wrote two Christmas songs uh, for the movie. One of which made it in. That's "Do You Know How Christmas Trees Are Grown." It's on the soundtrack. There's a music video with clips from this film. Really? Yep. Yeah. Anything that says uh, anything that, that says "Merry Christmas" like is a is a it's a Christmas movie. By the same logic that everyone says, you know, Die Hard well, and Lethal I, Weapon I are Christmas movies. I don't think Die Hard and Lethal Weapon are Christmas movies. They're movies uh, that take you're place. Killing out of you're killing my soul, man. Uh, of course those are Christmas movies. I, I'm in the minority. I, that's become such a commonly held opinion about Die Hard. It's like, oh, it's a Christmas movie. It, it, it takes place on Christmas, or Christmas Eve, I should say, rather. Is it really a Christmas movie? And I make that same argument with this. Other than the fact that it's mentioned that it's Christmas time, this doesn't really explore any of the themes of Christmas. True love, man. True okay, love. Well, <laughs> the, is that it? There, there's tr- there's presents. There's you holiday the cheer. True meaning of Christmas. Uh, my it's about our Lord and Savior being born. Okay. The the plot hinges the the MacGuffin of the film. The the quote unquote angels of death uh, are using their Christmas presents to uh, kill livestock. If if Blofeld's plan goes through, that's. That's actually, that's a good point. <laughs> it's got presents in there. Yeah. So it has some elements of, of Christmas interwoven into the plot. But Okay, it's a Christmas movie. Damn straight. You've won me over. All right, uh, let's talk about the Lays. Uh, so as we said last time, Connery, um, you know, bitching throughout most of the, the 60s, he's not getting paid enough, even though he's getting paid quite a lot uh, the last few movies. Um but they let him out of his contract. They're trying to get uh, a better contract for him, trying to win him over with a better deal, get him to sign on to a few more movies. Uh, he does not. Uh, they audition. Uh, they look at a bunch of people for, for Bond. Uh, Oliver Reed is one of the people. Adam West, they considered at one point. Uh, a couple American options at this point and, and for the next movie. Um, uh, Timothy Dalton, uh, they've just seen in The Lion in the Winter with uh, Peter O'Toole. Uh, they offer it to him. He's like 24 or something. Uh, he says, uh, I, I thought I was too young and Connery was too good. Uh, and then Roger Moore uh, gets the offer also, and he has to uh, make a couple of, of Saint movies that are in his contract when they eventually uh, are going to end up shooting on Their Majesties. So... Enter uh, George Lazenby, uh, Australian model. He's been uh, modeling in London for a bit. Uh, one of his friends tells him, like, hey, you know, they're uh, auditioning for the new Bond actor uh, up at that office uh, across the street or whatever. And he's like, cool. He basically cons his way in. Uh, that's after he, he goes to a barber, says, cut my hair like Connery and Goldfinger. Goes to a tailor, says, you know, make me look like Connery and Goldfinger. Uh, then like cons his way past the security guard, like pretends to have an audition, uh, walks into like Saltzman and and uh, Broccoli's office and says, "Hey, I heard you're looking for James Bond," and they're just impressed by like the balls on this guy. Basically, <laughs> uh, he of course lies about his acting experience, of which he has none. Knocks out one of the the stuntmen in like a choreography uh, thing that they're doing. They they have him do some fight stuff, and uh, accidentally punches the guy who. Um, ends up playing the main uh, stuntman, the guy who gets the uh, spikes in his back at the end. Um, and they're impressed with that. They have him screen test for with Peter Hunt. Um, he like panics uh, before meeting the director for some reason, and uh, he lives across the hall from, like I guess, some semi-famous like famous at the time uh, acting coach in London, and uh, goes to the guy, 
he's like, I got, like, I'm testing to be Bond on camera tomorrow. Like, I've never acted on camera. Uh, can you help me? They have him do some bizarre exercise where he has to, like, find a key. Once he does that, you know, stops quote-unquote, uh, like, acting and just looks for the key and finds it, this guy's like, now you can act, man. You got it. <laughs> and then so he, uh, testing for Peter Hunt, he, like, just breaks and he's like, I've never acted for camera before. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And Peter Hunt's like, well, you've, like, fooled two of the most ruthless guys in Hollywood, so, like, stick with me, kid. Like, stick to your story and I'll make you the next James Bond. Uh, they eventually find out, the producers, of course. Uh, Harry Saltzman calls him a, a clothes peg, says they'll be a, the laughing stock if they hire a model. Uh, of course, yeah, eventually no one else really works out. So they, they go with Lazenby. Uh, yeah, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, what has been your experience with this movie in the past? Uh, How did you like watching it this week? For me, it's uh, a Bond movie that I have very little experience with, maybe more so than any other Bond movie. Uh, I think I watched it once as a child. I probably rewatched it. I've rewatched it twice in adulthood. The last time prior to this was probably two and a half years ago. But uh, it's a movie I really like a lot. Not a movie that I, that really strikes a very big nostalgia chord inside of me. Yeah. Um, but. I, I do really enjoy watching it every time I do put it on. Yeah, it was. It was I, the ski. I saw the skiing when I was a kid. I saw this, the that's all. That's all I got. That was the memory. Was I was like, this <laughs> this is the when, one. When did you first watch the the whole thing? I was like, this is the one where where they ski. Um, the the first time I probably watched the whole thing front to end, like in order. Like with like in order, not turning it half on, not, not turning it on like halfway through uh, on television. Last night, man. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> oh shit! Because I was like, uh, it's the ski one. I was like, you know, <laughs> I, do you, do you I'm not, like keep do you saying not like that because I'm be dead honest. I think movies? for a lot of people, no, 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 one, no. Better off dead is one of my favorite films. Um, the uh, to me, I think that that's going to be like a, a lot of people that aren't. A lot of people that aren't hardcore, hardcore Bond fans, I think, are going to have a, a similar thing where, like, you hear constantly, like, oh, this is the one where it's the guy that did it once. Yeah. Um, so for a lot of people, I think they're just like, oh, that's the Lazenby. That's that's that guy, right? And then isn't it, don't they ski? Like, that's sort <laughs> of, that's, that's, that's sort of the two. And then maybe, a, and then uh, maybe, like, uh, Dan Riggs. Like, that's, that's maybe... The, like the three sort of like touchstones you have so like hell no nah, i i'd never seen the whole thing all the way through i had i had a great time i like i enjoyed it like a, yeah, a lot yeah. of it is a lot of it is the a lot of the stuff that we talk about and i'm sure we'll get into some of it but like yeah i kind of came in pretty freaking fresh and then we got to the ski scenes and i was like now this <laughs> this i've seen in between yeah, trident commercials a halfway lot. It. I, I don't think it's a ski movie as much as Thunderball's the underwater movie, but I, I could. I guess it's this, this is the skiing bond more than any other. Yeah, I think there's a lot of assumptions about this movie that that are wrong. For yeah. Max, mm-hmm. kind of the mm-hmm. reason you mentioned because it's Lazenby's only movie, and because of the fact they went right back to Connery afterwards. I think a lot of people assume this was really a bad. Big misstep, He's really yeah. bad in it so much that they had to basically go back and retcon it out of existence and yeah. just go back to Connery. But yeah, it's, uh, when you, whenever you, anytime I watch it, I'm always 
impressed. It's a well-made movie. I'll talk about this more later, um, but I think yeah, that Lazenby... Uh, I'll talk about this more later, but I think that uh, if he had been given two or three more movies that we would we would talk about him as as like the maybe not maybe not one or two or three but like we would talk about uh uh Lesenby the same way we talk about more or the same way we talk about i mean hell he these i think he would easily be better than than timmy i i totally like, agree I, I think, yeah. we'll talk about it more but like i think he's good man yeah yeah um i guess re- really fast my uh experience was um that this was probably the last of of I think it definitely was the last of the older Bond movies that I saw where I, I had in my head that people talked about this one. I, I knew that, I think I knew he got married and, and the wife was, was killed uh, at some point in this movie. And I knew that this was the one with the actor who did one and everyone said that he sucked and the movie sucked and that it had a bad... I was surprised to learn that this movie, um, I, I knew it was fairly successful when it came out, but it got pretty good reviews when it came out. And I think it had a bad reputation for fans for a while, mostly because of Lazenby. And, and there's a lot of things that make set this movie apart as being a little different. Um, so I didn't see this until I was probably 14 or something. Um, and didn't didn't love it, didn't hate it then. Um, definitely in the last decade, it's it's really grown on me to where I think this is probably just about barely like a top 10 bond for me. Like there's, there's really a lot of good stuff in this movie. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to rank it because my, I have, I have a tendency to want movies that I feel more strongly about from a nostalgia perspective to put them ahead of it. Yeah. But I think in terms of like best bond movies, this is definitely a top 10 just purely from a critical eye. Like it's, it's a pretty good movie. It's a top yeah, 10 for me. If there's a cult, James Bond movie this is it because it, it's had such a mixed reputation over the years and I think most fans like it now it's it's the favorite of, of Christopher Nolan obviously and you yeah. see you know all the the snow stuff in Inception is kind of modeled after this movie um, it's the favorite of, of Steven Soderbergh he has a pretty cool uh, essay um, on his website where he talks about this and uh, Max, like you were saying, yes, Steven Soderbergh um, in listing, uh, you know, what's great and what's not so great about this movie. He says, you know, what what doesn't work? And he says, Lazenby, but not for the reasons you think. It's because they won't, they try too hard. They don't realize what Lazenby is yeah. and they try too mm-hmm. hard to make him Sean Connery. And yep. so he's he's kind of at his worst, I think, when he's trying to just swag around and say the, you know, bad one-liners that connery might have gotten away with and i don't i don't think he's bad with with like diana rigg and no it's so bizarre he handles some of the heavier acting moments very very well it's he fails yeah when he's making those stupid jokes that he can't really deliver he fails when he's trying to have like his money penny scene when he's flirting with money penny it's just dreadful but he handles a lot of the more serious kind of weighty moments of the movie pretty well and then it's also like I think Peter Hunt by the end of it hated him so much that he and, and John Glenn just aren't trusting him at all in the editing room. So they're they're dubbing his voice entirely for the Sir Hillary stuff. They don't trust him to do the like upper crest like Brit voice really. Uh, and then they're just yeah they're really chopping his performance up a lot too. In, in terms of uh, uh, pre-title sequences, I'm I'm fond of this one. It's fun. Uh-huh. 
Uh, great, great introduction with the um, driving and, and stuff. Wait, for, first off, uh, how do you like the um, the synth like keyboard uh, Bond theme that Barry does here? I started in the in the at the top. I I wanted to just I hated it at the top, and it was one of those things that like the longer it was going on, the more I was. It's like kissing Sean Connery. Um, it started just <laughs> painfully and awfully, and and then like as, an, as a violation. Yeah, and then the more the farther it got into it, I was like, I don't know. And then towards the end of it, I was like, give me, give me seven of these. Give me, give me more of this, please. It's I, I'm fine with it. I, for me, the only really big win of this score is when they uh, weave in the "We Have All the Time in the wor- uh, World" melody. When Barry weaves that into the score, do you not like the the main theme? Oh, I, I like that a lot yeah. too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, right off the top, they they decided. Uh, I guess there were different versions. The earlier versions of the script were gonna have just a ton of gadgets, and like Bond was gonna have like a car that could go in the water, which you know eventually kind of comes back for Spy Who Loved Me, and like that's how he saves uh, Tracy from from the ocean. Uh, and so that's kind of a joke in the first scene where. Uh, Q is saying, like, I'm going to trace Bond with radioactive lint. <laughs> it's, like, supposed to just poke fun at, basically, Thunderball and You Only Live Twice, and then say, like, okay, we're not doing that this time. Yeah, le- like that uh, that driving scene, it's pretty cool, the um, eventual reveal of, of Bond. Until he speaks. Yeah. As soon as <laughs> that's that's got to be the worst uh, initial yeah. Bond, James Bond. Just, uh, that, that doesn't work. I, I don't... Uh, the only part of this pre-title sequence I really don't like is the last line of it when he says this never happened to the other Oof. fellow because that's, that's really terrible uh, A it doesn't play at all I don't understand what the joke is like supposed to be I know it's an inside joke on the cast and crew because Connery would never do work or like stunts on the weekend or something like that and they shot the scene on a weekend oh I, I didn't know that yeah it has something to do it's an inside joke digging at Connery but I think it kind but of that's always the worst when that's like yeah. if you're writing a joke that's for the people making the movie and it doesn't work yeah for the audience but i don't understand like what not knowing that what is that line supposed to mean it kind of initially makes me feel like this is a different person taking up the mantle of james bond like yeah oh it gives credence to, to the theory you know, of the, the different bonds they, go back, they go back later in the movie and make it very clear that he is uh, yeah I think that might the theory of the different bonds could possibly stem from that moment entirely. Yeah, it's just an odd line. He, he assumes that Tracy is killing herself because she's walking into the ocean. I guess she has her clothes on. So, I mean, she walks yeah. into the ocean uh, and really with with like yeah, the whole the whole sort of sequence does not make a whole lot of sense. I get that it's like maybe she has her clothes on. Um, but then there's also in the edit because there's a lot of man, there's a lot of just jump edits in this that don't make a lot of sense and really screw with the concept of time, like the fact that that they're implying that like that he takes a solid fifteen seconds to get to her in the water, um, and even in that he. But she. Go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just saying he he like grabs her and she instantly passes yeah. out like. I don't know what <laughs> is happening there. I don't know who would... If, if you were going to kill yourself, which no one should ever do, I'm not sure why walking into the ocean was your 
your first move. I well, like that. I feel like that's something people pills. did uh, 200 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like we have sleeping pills now. Is <laughs> the thing is is and and this is I think I'm giving it too much credence, but I'll go with it because I think I really enjoy her character. To me, it's that idea of like she's not actually trying to kill herself. It is it's a symbolic thing. It is a it is a a, a moment of as with lots of her moments. It is a moment of sort of. She she lives on on highs. That's the entire point of this character is that she cannot do anything that isn't to its most extreme version. So she's like she's not actually trying to kill herself. If if Bond wasn't there, I think she would have gotten out. She would have almost drowned, and then she would have like come out and been like, "Man, I really had this big moment, um, and now I'm gonna go and you know I don't know, try on eight hundred different outfits." Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty solid point. I get the sense that's kind of why she loves James Bond is because it's like a high all the time with him. He's always traveling and you're getting shot at by Irma Bunt <laughs> yeah. and skiing, and, and trying to outski an avalanche. It's all just like one big thrill to be with James Bond. Yeah, they're, they're really kind of doing, or they're trying to do the same thing over again now with, with Craig and what's her name madeline swan or something the character where it's like only the the daughter of like a gangster could like possibly love james bond yeah but it doesn't work (laughs) didn't work in specter we'll see in this new one yeah uh so yeah um but yeah one of the areas he's he's really great in is that lazenby is just clearly throwing himself into the action scenes and and doing most of his own stunts uh, I think he he claimed later that he did all his own stunts, and that's definitely not true. <laughs> like for, for I mean, for one thing, you know, the insurance company wouldn't wouldn't let him ski, and I, I mean, even if they did, obviously you want an Olympic skier to be James Bond. Um, I think George Lazenby strikes me as a guy that claims a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, so into uh, title sequence. Um, which uh, I love the music. I think it's a great. Barry comes up with a great um, action theme for this movie. Uh, I think they used that music cue for like the first trailer of um, The Incredibles, where it's just Bob trying to like fit into his old suit. Uh, they just you know what's the like most kind of '60s spy music we can grab, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, I don't love the the clips of the Connery movies that are yeah that that's so the, the lazy that, that it also that even for the time that that like slaps an audience member in like the wrong way talk about cheapening it yeah I, it to me seems like they were very worried during this entire production that people were gonna forget what James Bond is without Sean Connery I, I think it's very very clear that there was some fear about transitioning to a new actor at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, which makes sense. Um, I was trying to think of like, what, how could they do this in a way that it would work? Like, like Spider-Man two has, has a cool opening sequence where it's like, uh, drawings. It's sort of comic book drawings of like scenes from the first movie. So, and they, they've done all the like silhouettes in, in Thunderball already. So I thought, what if, what if they did this with like, you could have like a silhouette of like, I don't know, the tarantula from Doctor No, or like the the laser table from Goldfinger, or like recreate 
some of the the iconic scenes in more artful ways than just show showing the actual clips. Yeah, yeah it's done. It doesn't really. It just feels very cheap, and it kind of doesn't. There's no like fun mystery or design around it that kind of like hooks you. It's pretty forgettable. But again, the the uh, the main theme from Barry slaps crazy hard. Yeah, it's very very fun. Yeah, it does slap. This is this is an interesting one too. Where isn't this? Um, I know that in in from Russia with Love, uh, the the song because this is the first one that doesn't have um, a song specific with the with the the title uh, as lyric. Um, yeah, Peter Hunt and, and John Barry had to to fight the producers for for that to get. They thought we should start with with instrumental action theme and then do the love ballad in the middle as as they're falling in love. Yeah. I don't even just mean that. I mean this song. This is the movie that doesn't even have one with the name with the title of uh, in it because the love song is is different. It, at no oh, point yeah. do they. At no point does John Barry use um, on Her <laughs> Majesty's Secret Service as a lyric. Yeah, that would that would be pretty clumsy. Feels like a missed <laughs> like, opportunity because it's so yeah. great. It lends itself to beautiful music. Yeah, yeah. He had he had essentially said uh, really, as a joke. He had essentially said that um, uh, if he the only way he could do it is if he did like a, a Gilbert and Sullivan uh, like like style song, and he's like, that's the only way I'm getting that to yeah. scan. Um, John John Barry had had a quote where he said. Um, Lazenby came to, to one of the session recording sessions. He stood at the back and listened to the score for one of the scenes. Then he came up to me and said, it fits, as if it was the greatest compliment I could have hoped for. I thought, <laughs> Christ, we got a real brain going here. What do you think I do for a living? <laughs> oh, man. Um, but no, I actually I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And I think that it's... it's um, it, We're talking about... Uh, about set up i actually i don't even think that they needed to do a lot of the dialogue ends up tongue-in-cheek but like in the opening sequence of the car you get the shot of the hair you get the shot of the chin then you get the shot of the face and you're like this is bond and then right out of that we come into the the opening scene scenes which is in this casino in portugal where suddenly you have bond doing exactly what bond does which is that he walks in he owns the room he sits down at the back row table um and then and they they quick jump to another shot where he's not just there he's dealing now like that does it for you like that was i think that's wicked smart and then they just hang themselves with all these other extra references like he's doing the most james bond stuff that you could possibly do yeah exactly yeah you you don't need the like um i don't know it feels like a, a the like rogue one sequence of like him sitting at his desk and like we're gonna play the themes from the other movies while he takes out the like rebreather and like mm-hmm. honey like for some reason doesn't he have honey rider's knife or something yeah, like what like was she just like yeah i don't need this anymore why don't you take this as a souvenir i guess <laughs> she maybe she's uh sold enough shells to get a new knife <laughs> yeah maybe she has her own uh shell shop now in miami yeah they fetch 50 dollars <laughs> back there yeah. so i've heard or maybe james bond is a serial killer and he slowly but surely is killing all these women he's keeping their trophies <laughs> That's a re- that's a real take. Now. We never see them again. Uh, let me just say, <laughs> uh, maybe Diana Rigg looks really great in this movie. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. She she's even and it's even with like she has some ridiculous like prototype like Princess Leia hairstyles that are just absurd. 
that are just i mean it, it goes with like the star trek almost of the era where it's like what's the silliest thing we could do to this woman's hair and still she's gonna look attractive yeah like, in her first scene when they, the she, they make it in work her first scene when she um steps up uh they do this cool thing talking back to her wandering into the ocean she walks in in the casino they have the shot that is equal parts cool and gratuitous where it's like her head hidden behind a lamp and you just get like just boom the bot the body in the dress and then she leans in and she bets on a game and she she immediately loses this hand of that's like twenty thousand francs like this crazy amount of money and then she turns and she can't pay for it like she just like did this thing just because she like she she doesn't care about consequences and it like it continues to show through the entire movie where like she's a person that that acts first and and thinks later but she doesn't have the luck that bond does and like it 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 comes yeah. up, it keeps on coming up through the movie um but it's like he is the one that has to consistently get her have her back which is why it's that cool moment where like she does that and then he has the line where he's like oh didn't you say that we were going to be partners uh, and he just like pays up her money um it's it's wicked cool yeah she it's good character development from the start where immediately she's just like more of a character and more of an interesting character than the women we've seen in, in James Bond movies so far. Yeah. Um, also, I think almost off the bat, like Peter Hunt's just kind of a, a natural director where like Terrence Young and, and Lewis Gilbert, I think were, were shooting in the like two, three, five anamorphic widescreen kind of because that was the thing. And like, it was the more epic feel at the time. And I think Peter Hunt more than them really knows how to frame a shot in that ratio and just get more, interesting looking uh shots yeah mm. I, I like w- with her that she's a bond girl that's not born out of the plot like he doesn't meet her because he's in the middle of something it's not like the only reason why he met pussy galore is because she's goldfinger's pilot the only reason why i met domino is because she dates uh you know largo she just this is just some woman he kind of just stumbles upon in a random sort of before he's really gotten into what he's going to be doing in this movie he just sort of meets her they're kind of like you know, yeah. two sort of wayward souls kind of crossing at this casino. It's fun. It's different than the things that they have done up in the Connery movies up to this point. Yeah, because this point, uh, as far as the mission goes for like the first third of the movie almost, like Bond is still kind of um, working on uh, Operation Bedlam. That's the like MI6 code name for, yeah. for hunting Blofeld. But not working very hard. Like he's going on a long vacation here, and yeah. like they don't seem to be taking Blofeld really seriously until he meets someone who he thinks might actually know where the fuck Blofeld is. Yeah. Um, so he fights the guy in uh, Tracy's room. He can tell where the caviar is from uh, by by tasting <clears throat> it. You could tell too. They were really worried that George Lazenby was going to come off as just an absolute idiot. So they sneak in a couple of lines like, yeah, this is going to make this guy sound yeah. real smart. <laughs> also, yeah, this is uh, the most, like, we're, we're getting to, I think we've got three movies uh, in a row, You Only Love Twice Through Diamonds, where you're, you're seeing, like, the bulk of the, the Austin Powers references, where, mm-hmm. like, here it's it's all the wardrobe, like, I'll, I'll get really getting all the the roughly shirts out of the way in, in this movie yeah the, uh, Lacey that, is the roughly shirt bond this uh henchman is like one of my favorite henchmen like that we've we've sort of experienced so far he, he it's the because the, the dude who fights him is the dude who works for um her dad it's like the this is like the one 
um there's like this is like the one black guy in all of portugal um and yeah. like he one he like really fights with bond because that that's a, a that continues through this, through this whole movie and we talked about it a little yeah. is it's like they felt that they could actually get physical again like these fights are visceral which is really good yeah. i really like it um but he like loses to bond and then bond goes back um to sleep with 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 um oh, what's, what's the it's with tracy he goes back to yeah. s- to sleep with tracy well, he, and the, he goes this back dude to, <laughs> to his room his yeah, yeah, where she is, where she is now. But and this dude who he quote unquote knocked out isn't actually knocked out. He follows Bond back to the to the door, listens at the door, and then uh, when the scene implies that they're about to like sort of get down, this dude stops <laughs> like, listening and walks nice. away because he's the chillest dude. He's like, yo, 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 well, I'm not gonna attack a man like <laughs> mid getting it. He's getting it. He's like, I gotta back yeah, up. Game I'm gonna back up. Game. I'm gonna back up. I'm gonna go tell Tracy's dad <laughs> that Tracy's getting some. He's like, yo, she's yo, Dra- to- hey, hey, Draco, she went Draco? to his room, okay? She, she's going to Pound yeah. Town. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a henchman, but I respect your daughter and her choices. <laughs> Again, uh, the first, like, I think 30 minutes of this movie are all very, very fun. Uh, the casino sequence is great, his meeting Tracy's really, really fun. Um, him going to meet Tracy's dad is also very fun. It's but, so uh, cool. It's so cool. Leads, leads to kind of it's very cool. It leads to kind of a problematic sequence. Some of some of uh, Draco's comments to Bond <laughs> are a little weird. Yeah. Well, let let's uh, let's see. So they get to the shipping yard. Oh yeah, we get the um, small person who starts whistling uh, Goldfinger. Uh, crazy little fight with the the lockers there oh also let's just say that the turtleneck game in this movie is is real strong yeah got got some great uh 50 year old uh <laughs> outfits there basically like tracksuit and like turtleneck yeah lazen b he can rock a turtleneck yeah he's gonna go golfing grandfather <laughs> he's gonna go golfing and he's wearing this like amazing tracksuit suit suit like the the brown on orange like it's 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 really cool. I can I really want to see him get to the course and like a bunch of people wearing like normal golf clothes to just sort of turn at this man and just be like, what in the what are you? We're all normal here. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I like that the uh, throwing the knife on on the calendar and uh, it's the the thirteenth or today's the thirteenth. I'm superstitious. I think that's that's one line. Lazenby actually gets away with just yeah. the little thing there. Yeah, that's kind of fun. It's cool. So, yeah, Draco wants a man to dominate his daughter. Uh, His His words, words, yeah. Not ours. Can I take a moment, though, too, to say uh, the production design of this movie is fantastic. His office is really, really cool. His office is so cool. Yeah. The the purple uh, casino casino room is so cool. Also, that... um, that set that they build for like the the trolley like wheel station thing yeah. that Bond gets trapped in that's that's a really cool set. It's very cool. The whole movie is just chock full of unbelievable sets. It's 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 uh, fantastic. And Draco when he offers jumping back into it, he to be fair, he he uh, not only is is essentially offering um Bond to uh, sort of dominate his daughter. He realizes it will be a gargantuan task. So much so that he offers her that that uh, he offers him a, a a million pounds 
1969, yeah. which is an insane amount of money. Because he's like, look, he's man. He's basically saying my daughter is so look, man, unlovable. This is going to be really difficult. I, mean, I swear this is going to be hard. Um, it, it's and also like gives up the ghost real fast on the factory. He's like, you, you, you know me. You know that I'm like wicked illegal. <laughs> like, yeah. you, <laughs> you, you and I, like, we we have some stuff. We have some stuff going on. Um, but like, man, you got to help me out. <laughs> but, but as we as we all know. James Bond is okay with you being crazy illegal as long as you like women. <laughs> yes. Which Draco does. If you're a Blofeld, yeah, you see him. Who's asexual? He's <laughs> Ian Fleming does, well, does not okay. like that. And he makes it Blofeld, very clear Bond doesn't either. <laughs> Ian Fleming's Blofeld and Blofeld in the movie you only live twice, very asexual. Telly Savalas is Blofeld, very sexual very towards sexual. everything. Very sexual. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like, hello, Mr. Bond. Like, hello, Tracy. Like, hey, wh- what's up, spikes in my wall? Yeah. <laughs> I see this, you. <laughs> this is this is a true this is a true story that happened last night because I watched this. I'm I'm with I'm at my my mom's place for the holidays, and I'm watching it with my my mom and my stepdad who both had also never seen it before or like had seen parts. Um, and like my stepdad like stands up halfway through the sort of like you're meeting the angels of death and like the the whole thing has just started with the uh, at, at midnight the midnight stuff that we'll get to and like my stepdad steps step like st- uh, like gets out of his chair to go get a drink and he, and he goes like up oh, i got the plot so uh the, the blofeld guy has sex with all of them to create like uh <laughs> i don't know like an army or something and i'm like that is the energy that this is giving it's 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 not the plot but you're really on point so yeah, he goes to after he meets with Draco and turns him down. He he goes to to M. He goes back to MI six and re- and and learns that he's been relieved from Operation Bedlam. Yeah, very forward with with Money Penny. By the way, I think this is the first and maybe only time he just grabs Money Penny's ass. Yeah, I hate that scene. Everything about that scene, I dislike. Yeah, I don't care for it's gross. The two of it's them. not great. Yeah. They have um, they have no rapport. He just clearly doesn't know. He can't be playful on camera at all. It's just weird. She still uh, plays it like a champ. Like she's still so so good, and is continuously my favorite my favorite part of every one of these bon- early Bond films. Yeah. Um, and like she plays it as as well as she possibly can. Um, yeah. but like he clearly d- doesn't understand that. Like he she still plays the intent, but he doesn't quite play correctly the idea that like they'll never yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They will never happen ever. Yeah, and he invites her for cocktails. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, Bernard Lee, uh, really great in this movie, considering he's just wasted the whole time. <laughs> um, you only live twice, apparently. Uh, he like, you know, and he's only in like two scenes of You Only Live Twice. But he, they're shooting at Pinewood. Uh, he goes to lunch one day, gets super loaded, crashes the company car driving back to the studio. They have to like bail him out, to keep shooting for the day. Um, and then on this movie, they said they, they the producers couldn't figure out how Bernard Lee kept sneaking booze onto the set. And Lazen, Lazenby finally realizes that he has these big German fountain pens, and he's opening them up and pouring gin inside. That is... What? I was going to joke. Awesome. I was going to joke and say it was in his pipe. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Go Bernard Lee. That is more spycraft. Yeah, he's, he's great in this movie. That is so more what... actual spycraft than in the first four Bond films combined. 
so now, yeah, we have got this lame little sequence of uh, him looking at the the gadgets from the old movies. Yeah. Um, he, also, he is says that Fred Grant's to... watch that he's looking at? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be. Why on earth? What is he looking back on that fondly about? Oh yeah, oh, this is I the watch it's... that I used to strangle that <laughs> that guy in the train. <laughs> yeah, that other psycho. <laughs> I guess yeah, it's it's the whole thing is supposed to be that he thinks he's he's quitting, which I don't really understand why he's quitting either. Just because, like, uh, M tells him that he's he's done chasing Blofeld. Yeah, that's kind of a, one of the weaker parts of the movie for me. Is like, and then M just like psych fooled you. It was a prank. Like two scenes later. It was, well, uh, well, M money, doesn't money M penny. doesn't realize it's um, a prank. Or, yeah. That's that's money money fooling both of them. Yeah. Well, I think I think uh, M does because he he says on the intercom like, "Thank you, Miss Moneypenny. What would I do without you?" Like Moneypenny kind of smooths it over and and uh, gets Bond a couple weeks leave. Bond is just on vacation this whole movie. Mm-hmm. M M is also like a real. This is we're a film removed from from M being like Bond is the greatest agent of all time, and now immediately he's just in like God that. Bond bastard, just all <laughs> yeah. up in the. Oh man, I can't. I really gotta send that guy away. Like M, M this is this is a weird one, and that whole, the whole scene feels. It, it's this interesting part where there are certain parts of, of this that are paced really well, um, but that and some of the stuff at the end, like the pacing is way off. Like that that I all think, happens so quickly. Yeah, ma- mainly for me, I just lose. I, I tune out for about 20 minutes for the first part of the, the Piz Gloria uh, clinic, and then once Bond gets captured, the movie just kind of goes until the end. Yeah. Um, why does Tracy have her, uh, like, horse riding whip at the, like, the bull fight? Just in uh, case she has to ride the bull. I have, I have I a feeling that there's a cut it's... scene. I have a, actually have a feeling there's a cut scene because Bond is also in um, horse riding uh, attire like his his tight fitting shirt oh. and his his jacket and stuff i have a feeling that there was that they were supposed to that like because they cut to montage afterwards i have a feeling they isn't were supposed that, to go yeah, on that's a horse part ride. of the montage isn't it i guess yeah it is. Do, aren't, okay yeah yeah they do ride horses i think for a sec because i uh, agree with you that it's hilarious but like scene. oh so good those those are those are like that it's the same thing to me as the the uh, sumo match, where it's like I rather I want to watch fifteen minutes of that. And it's and it's the Portugal way, so they're not killing the bulls; they're just kind of fucking with them and like riding the horses around, I guess. Yeah, I, I like that. It's like very clear that that Draco's dating a woman who's younger than Tracy. <laughs> yeah, and who's like oh. really trying to make Tracy like her. And yeah. Tracy you mean, doesn't. You like mean like, hey, hey, you mean mom. time yeah. traveling? You mean time traveling Mila Kunis? Like yes. That, that, that. Sure. <laughs> I like to think yeah, that's why she brought the whip. Was like just in case I have to hit this bitch. <laughs> like I hate her. Um, but I, yeah, I like. Uh, well, I I actually looked it up, and he's um. I mean, they're they're both young. Lazenby is only like twenty nine, I think, as they're shooting this. Um, Drock, uh I think Diana Riggs about thirty in this movie, uh, and the guy playing her dad is like forty four. Uh, they they age him up, I think. Eh, it's uh, okay. It, yeah. 
so but yeah I, I like her in in this scene with the um like just tell like tell mr bond what he wants to know or you'll never see me like i'm not going to be used as a, a pawn here like in, in this transaction yeah. yeah she's a she's a woman of extremes like it's yeah. it's really cool and it and again it fits if they had handled the previous scene with Bond better, it fits the current state of where Bond is. Like Bond just just behaved as extremely as possible too. He quits for for essentially being slighted, and then he meets a woman who threatens her father with with being shut off forever, um, just to give him the thing that he that he needs. And it's like, if if it was handled in a better pace, like this this totally makes sense. Like the the writing on this, the the storyboarding, I should say. Like is great and it makes it makes perfect sense, and like it, it sets up immediately um, exactly why Bond would imme- would be like, all right, I'm I'm in on this, um, and also like, you know, uh, I'm 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 like directly going to like go in for what he uh, Draco said, which is when you so like we immediately jump to burn Switzerland, um, for what is the weirdest piece of of sort of Bond spydom. Like that we've seen oh, so wait, far. Let's talk about. Well, we get the the montage. The the falling in love is is first uh, with uh, actually, Louis Armstrong. Yeah, we get it. Point though, I I I, <laughs> I kind of found when I was watching it that I felt that Tracy and Bond, even with this wonderful montage that lasts for a minute, that they jump to marriage when they do. Yeah. But oh yeah. The point that you brought up about them both just being people that like live in like various extreme levels all the time, it makes perfect sense that's where they jump to. Like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do I think, it. Let's I marry. think that's the only way that it works is yeah. that, yeah, Bond and Tracy would both be like, ah, hell, like we had three really good days together. Like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll mention, I'll mention what he says right after, which is that, and, and I, we're jumping the gun to it, but we can, this, it's great because like, you know, it's, we can talk about the scene and then. Uh, jump weirdly to what is the fifth act when they get married anyway um the right after he says like let's get married and they're like yeah then they have these this dialogue where essentially they're like we could live in paris or berlin or you know shanghai like there's there it 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 speaks to the idea that like both of them are playing they're essentially playing chicken with themselves yeah um which is great um and yes again this montage happens. I hate this montage. <laughs> I think it's the only time we get a real like needle drop, just like pop song in the middle of a Bond movie uh, until View to a Kill, I guess. We yeah. get View to a Kill and Die Another Day have, have songs for a few seconds. But I, I just loved that back then, like love was just picking up a rose for a woman one time <laughs> and like yeah. going on a horseback ride, and then boom, you're in love. Yeah, you're uh, yeah. Look, they they look into each other's eyes on a, a very windy beach, so that that meant a lot in 1969. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it definitely doesn't okay. remind her yeah, of her I, attempted I the, suicide I think at the all. Song's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, Pom didn't ask like, "Hey, are beaches cool with you right now?" <laughs> um, I think it, yeah, it was the last like Louis Armstrong had been uh, sick for a while, died shortly after this. This is the last song that that he records. Um, I like the song, as I said earlier. I, I like when it's woven into the theme yeah. more than that, the song itself. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it works really, really well when when Barry's Barry sort of uses it as the love theme throughout the movie. Yeah, and I think it it works really well. 
It's no mango tree. The song itself. <laughs> no, no mango tree, but what is? Come on. Uh, all right, so he get Bond's only real gadget in this movie is the like safe opener that uh, it like has to come in this huge suitcase from the like Swiss agent. That thing uh, is that thing is the I it is the coolest. It is the it is like it's weirdly the most sort of spy e thing we've had like in in a sort of like quote unquote real term, where like instead of being a really specific one use gadget that like Q is sort of like I don't know Bond you'll kind of figure it out on the fly, like this is a real piece of sort of like spy shit that, you know Bond walks in he he we see the uh, Lazenby's Bond in this moment be more. A, a a better spy than Connery's Bond almost ever is. He gets in, <laughs> he gets out, he gets exactly what he needs, and no one figures out that he was there. Yeah, yeah, no, no action in this building. He knows uh, this thing's gonna take a few minutes, so he he reads a Playboy cover to cover while <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the gadget itself. I find a little goofy. The weird, like, flashing numbers that are, like, they look like pool balls. like Yeah, I get that. Digital pool balls is a little weird. I think but that the, the, the... I like the scene a lot. I like I think that it's... When when we think about the fact that this is 69, and so the the concept of a... Because uh, that, that's not even, like, a Xerox machine. machine. It's literally, like, a... What's it called? Like, a, a Miriam... It's, um... A, like, a, mimi, a mimeograph. That's a, that is a mimeograph, which is a machine that, like is supposed to be like the size of a Volvo, but it's just in a suitcase. Yeah. yeah. Like to us now that's that's crazy, but like seeing it then it must have been like really cool to like you know, he attaches essentially like uh th- this this weird thing that granted I'm I will totally give you uh Road Warrior that like the 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 thing he attaches to the safe looks like it's like the vacuum cleaner from uh the Teletubbies. Um, but then, like, the, the actual scanning thing, I think, is pretty cool. No, it works on the whole. I, I do. I, I like the scene a lot. Um, Tracy's uh, cosplaying as Paddington Bear in this scene. He's got that hat. <laughs> There's some wild wardrobe stuff that's going on in this whole movie. Oh, yeah. Turtlenecks, kilts. Uh, I mean. Yeah. Also, we got to talk about how much I love the name Gumball. <laughs> yeah. That's a great name for a Bond. Like, not a villain of a Bond movie, but, like, someone who's definitely in the villain's camp. Definitely. So Bond meets uh, M at the, um, I think it's, it's like the Institute of Genealogy or whatever that, that place is. Yeah. Uh, has to show off his skills that he's, he's also an expert on butterflies now. <laughs> yeah, and M calls him on it in the bitchiest way, too. <laughs> yeah. M loving butterflies, like, feels right on point. They did a really good job of giving M a little something in his personal life that shined through in this movie in this movie and him loving butterflies is awesome George uh, Baker the guy who plays uh, Sir the, the real Sir Hillary Bray oh uh, first I like we get the um, the world is not enough Orbis non sufficient the, yeah. the Bond crest because he has to kind of pretend at first that he's there for for himself for the the Bond genealogy yeah mm-hmm. um, then he talks to to George Baker uh, who was actually considered for for James Bond on this movie, uh, and ends up uh, he, he plays Hillary Bray and and he played a, a like uh, naval captain I think in The Spy Who Loved Me. That man is the single most British human being who's ever lived. 
he's hands down in each of these movies he's hands down the most like every part of his action every every parlance of his speech the way that he like really cattily says that like they only offered him a thousand pounds but it's fine like this dude is the uh i adore him i adore (laughs) i wanted so much more of him it just like oh man i i think that he's like i was laughing i was i was belly laughing through his whole thing like he was so good yeah. he I looks like someone uh... bred an english bulldog with a bag of pg tips tea <laughs> like it's just crazy english yeah he uh i wonder if he's just turning the the britishness like up to 11 to like fuck with lazenby like all right how about this you aussie bastard like (laughs) you think you can be english enough for bond (laughs) so bond uh he's gonna pretend to be sir hillary okay uh well i i have to talk about blofeld now here because that's it's tied into the plot we know get we get to him (laughs) we know you're itching to do it so let's go because it's 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 in the plot here because they get to him because he wants to be a fucking count. Mm-hmm. So to blow shop. I I like that the majority of, of Bond villains you know have flaws and have flair and are are kind of weird and flamboyant. I I think Blofeld the way he's set up in the book Thunderball and the movie You Only Live Twice, um, he should be the one who's a little different. He's he's the ultimate mastermind. He needs to just kind of be a force of evil and like kind of the the ultimate uncaring mastermind really like i i don't i don't like that they get to him because he for some reason now cares about being recognized as a count i really wanted it to be part of the plot and it just wasn't yeah but yeah it's it's just like like m says snobbery at at the end uh and also like they they're they're clear and as i said earlier uh the novels they say blofeld's asexual Donald Pleasance is certainly playing him that way. Telly Savalas is just so sensual about everything in this movie that I think given that choice that he's making, it's it's a fine performance, but I, I don't like the choice to play it that way, and I, I wish he had a, an accent also. Later yeah. in the movie when he's with Tracy and he unzips his his <laughs> like top, it is it is the most I hate it. I hate it so much. It's like yeah. finding out, it's like when you find out that, um, like, you have, it's like when you have, like, a really great teacher at school that you love, and then, like, you see them at the grocery store in, like, cargo shorts, and it's like, <laughs> no, it's like, you were, you were the, you were the chosen one, you were yeah. supposed to be better. Yeah, the whole Blofeld wanting to be a count thing really bothers me. I think it actually kind of goes against some of the messaging we've gotten about Spectre from other movies, in particular, like... In Doctor No, when he points out that, like, oh, East-West just points on a compass, it's all kind of bullshit. Like, all of the world's structure is just kind of this stupid crap, and, you know, Spectre and Blofeld are above that. And now he wants to be a count? Really bothers yeah. me a lot. The only redeem, like, the, the best part of uh, Telly Savalas' Blofeld is I feel like he plays the character very physically. Mm-hmm. He feels like a more intimidating physical presence than Donald uh, Pleasance was going into yeah. his like exactly as you said. I wish that he had had an accent because he does make that choice to smoke a cigarette in the most quote unquote European <laughs> way that anyone has ever done. But then like he'll yeah. smoke the cigarette like you know hand up like pinky out and then he'll take it down to be like hey Bond how's it fucking going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, apparently it wasn't like a. 
like Donald Pleasance couldn't do the movie or was, uh, you know, wanted more money or anything. It was just Peter Hunt uh, said that he had to like cut around Donald Pleasance's performance and he only lived twice to get it a certain way that he, he wanted it. And he thought that Pleasance was too kind of broad and, and cartoonish and that he needed a more human Blofeld for this movie, which I, I wish they'd just brought back Pleasance and he could, you know, direct him to be a slightly different performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little... Uh, these three movies all have just blow-filled whiplash for me. And then you have Charles Gray yeah. playing him in Diamonds Are Forever. I wish they would have stuck with one. I mean, the three movies happen consecutively. Could they not have gotten a guy to go through all three of them? Then you I get mean, that I, a really terrible song, uh, Do You Know How Christmas Trees Are Grown, playing at the station. It plays again as people are like skating and he's hiding from the bad guys later. I've always wanted to know what the <coughs> deal is. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, with that song because it, it's on the soundtrack and it's just awful yeah <laughs> and it, it's they incorporate it into a sc- the score for a few seconds too the um yeah it's it's jarring the 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 a lot of that stuff like that's the song you're right it's sort of like it happens and you're, you do sort of ask yourself like why is this having the prominence that it does but like if it is yeah but no but that that because it, it's just finish the part, to be like to finish the part on on Blofeld and, and and the disjointedness, it's insane to me that they went through all the work that they do to make you to to let you know that this is the same man, that this is the same Bond film, except for the fact that that last movie that you saw where Bond and Blofeld finally meet never happened. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. That, that that's that's the point where they're gonna break the continuity. Basically, um, it's pretty wild. Uh, I'm not sure that the implication I get is that they're breaking the comp- continuity. I always thought that it's, they were rolling with because Bond is playing a, a different character. It's Clark Kent. Like, Bla- I didn't yeah. recognize you with glasses. Yeah, I don't recognize you with glasses wearing a kilt, James Bond. <laughs> I never thought that Bond um, would wear a kilt. I, I like to think that uh, Schwarzenegger, as a kid or teenager or whatever saw this movie and the line where you know bond is is playing the part of a wuss who can't handle a, a helicopter ride and he says uh, I, I can't wait to get my feet on the ground again everybody bond oh says God, not yes. ground ice. ice i think arnold was like i'm gonna be an actor <laughs> uh so that's that's a real place in uh in switzerland that they i think they helped like uh, pay for like this restaurant or whatever that yeah, place is Gloria, yeah, um, it's a restaurant in real life yeah um that. It's absolutely beautiful. All of those sets in in Switzerland, even when they're down in the town, even though it, like it it feels almost too idyllic, but like that's all on set, not, not on set. That's all like in in real life, and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah. I, I I though though talking about the on ice, I love that they pay that off in the fights later, where like everybody everybody slipping. Oh yeah, everybody slipping around yeah. in those final <laughs> fights, and and, and, and I I would like to picture her at some point in the fight, just like screaming to her men to be like, "I told you it was ice." <laughs> <laughs> where are your cleats? Cleats. <laughs> get get the bags of sand. <laughs> yeah, but Blofeld uh, may or may not be sexual as the story demands it, but Irma Bunt. Uh, Almost certainly in love with Blofeld, I think. Oh, I think there's no doubt, yeah. She's real in on him. The bald head. She just wants him to dip his bald head in oil and rub it all over her body. Yeah. 
Yeah, her the, um, the like mother hen sort of character that she plays, but like a mother hen who like she clearly doesn't like the girls, and the girls don't like her. But then like, we're, <laughs> yeah. but then like, but then it's we we all still have to play the game of pretend where like like yeah. she she could handle that job when like you know that like it, it would take one of the girls like saying something out of turn and she would just like you know Blofeld would come down and be like you killed another one and she's like well she was mean and I she she didn't eat all of her chicken oh wait we didn't even yeah. wait we can't oh yeah we, we'll we'll talk about the meal okay okay okay. <laughs> Where like the black girls eating just like a banana. Not only is yeah the most yeah. racist meal scene. Let's 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 set up let's set up who the girls are but right before we 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 get there. But you're um, we we have what something that I dig, but also it makes me sad, which is the helicopter ride. They set up really well that it wasn't supposed to happen or that they didn't expect it because suddenly the Swiss agent is um can't get up the mountain. Um, and like Bond sees that as a problem, and the agent sees that as a problem, and I think that's like I think that's wicked cool. This is yet another yeah, story yeah. of like a, a spy who is better at being a spy than Bond is, but ends up dying because of him. <laughs> um, like I dig, I dig that dude. Also, he a hundred percent looks like um, he should be playing a replicant in Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. he's just he's basically just Rutger Hauer. Uh, essentially, yes, exactly. Yeah, that uh, in the book, there's a scene where Bond is. Um, and by the way, this is one of the books that uh, the the movie adaptations that's probably closest to to the novels. But in in the book, Bond is like having his first kind of interview with Blofeld, uh, which makes sense in the book because they've never met face to face until then. Um, and that guy, the agent from the Swiss MI6 station, like bursts in, like being chased by Blofeld's guards, and and like hasn't been working with bond on this mission so far so he recognizes him and he's like james james and he's just bond has to be like i don't know that guy as they like drag him off to kill him (laughs) i dig that that's that's a cool scene i feel like though you you're referring to him as an agent i feel like in the movie he's one of draco's guys i don't think he's necessarily an agent because we first Mm. meet him he is on. But he gives him the. I think he gives him equipment from MI6. Yeah, but to he's say, also. At this point, at this point, but, he has to be an agent because he gives Bond that equipment, and at that point is the point when Bond has already gone back to M and has gotten that, back on the assignment because of the information that yeah. Draco had. I don't think he's 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 gone back to M when he gets that equipment from the guy in. Uh, Switzerland. Maybe he's just a buddy who's who's helping him out because I, I don't think Draco's supposed to be involved with Blofeld a- after he tells him uh, about the banker um, until like the end, like raid. Okay, yeah, maybe that's the case. But uh, um, so I think some of these interiors are are pine wood, and then a lot of it apparently is they're just actually shooting in this place at the the top of the mountain, like they were. Yeah, it's a cool space. They're they're shooting a lot of stuff up there. Like the shot, I mean, you can tell it's it's I think real. The shot where uh, he sees the helicopter outside his window there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, obviously he brought his he brought his kilt for, for dinner. Yeah, and it's uh, we do have to have a pretty lengthy sidebar about this. That is awesome. I love that they okay. included that he used the little bag for what it's actually for. Like most people think that it's like a weird little 
like art piece that's in front that's sort of just like the the fanny pack of it that's literally like a little purse because like you're wearing a, a skirt that's literally a tiny purse <laughs> yeah. where you keep your stuff and it's where he puts his like little piece of metal which is hilarious yeah so that now we get the the girls uh some crazy saxophone music uh introducing them there's also a girl there that looks suspiciously like diana rig which is a little confusing um hmm. oh her yeah okay yeah there's all the the second girl that he sleeps with uh max you'll, you'll at least appreciate this is uh Catherine shell she's like a Swedish, I think, actress who plays uh, Christopher Plummer's girlfriend in uh, The Return of the Pink Panther. I, I this movie weirdly uh, when I watched it with my with my parents weirdly we found ourselves talking about Pink Panther afterwards. It had a, ah. there, it has a sort of like a spiritual energy of of the first one the, of literally um, the Pink Panther with the the David Niven. Um, like it has some I don't know some that of David the David Niven is a great guy. Well, that movie. Well, I was talking about it, and I was talking about how cool well, it was. It's, it's not, a ski, to, not to it's digress. A, they're both kind of ski lodge movies. Very true, and they both have like sort of like like heisty, schemey stuff. And also, uh, funnily enough, in that you have Peter Sellers and David Niven, who have both uh, played Bond. Yeah, both of them in uh, oh. Casino Royale. Uh, yeah, so I mean, this is this part really takes takes away from the uh love story the fact that bond has apparently fallen in love with tracy and then he just goes and bangs 10 women at the <laughs> clinic or yeah two, two at least and it's not like he, i think they present it he, a little bit i was gonna like say he bangs two but he would have gotten through 10 <laughs> i think yeah i think it's sort of presented like well he's like getting information from them but like he could just sneak into ruby's room and flirt with her a little bit and ask her about the clinic like doesn't doesn't need to have sex with those women yeah also you mean adult annie <laughs> yeah <laughs> also um why why is it that every okay. girl that's here is so shocked that he that sir hillary bray likes women they both make yeah. that comment to him like i didn't know you liked girls is he is he just acting like a dandy like yeah i mean like we all thought you were so british that you were gay <laughs> It's just a weird part of the movie that it's so weird. So this, yeah, okay, we're looking at plates that are. Uh, there's a plate that's just corn on the cob. Uh, black girl's just eating a banana. I think Ruby just has some like uh, chicken legs or dr- drumsticks. Oh yeah, also Ruby's face when she like eats the chicken, the the drumstick at Bond. That's uh, that's quite a look. Max, did you call Ruby Adult Annie? You bet I did. Can we call that the rest of the podcast? I like that a lot. Please sure, and I thank you, because that that's all she is. We Okay, I need to talk about that the fact Princess that in this, in this movie that has so many, as with all Bond films, has so many leaps of faith scientifically and, and whatnot, and, and for tech and, and stuff like that, I refuse to live in a world where we accept that someone is allergic to chicken, and only chicken, and that someone is allergic to potatoes, and that someone is allergic to rice. <laughs> this is... This is insanity, and I will not stand for it. That it is, it is crazy. It is this. The 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 implications here are crazy. That like it is a that that because not only is it implied that that uh, people are allergic to these things, but that they have innate fears of them. 
when you actually <laughs> yeah. listen to to adult Annie's tape, where like Blofeld is like, I know you didn't like chickens, but now you fucking love chickens. You love them so goddamn much. Like it, it is the entire setup of this place is insane. It's um, I love that in this uh, Bond Bond sneaks into adult Annie's room. Um, he has to sneak past people because they they like lock everyone in at night. He sneaks into adult Annie's room. They do they do their 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 whatnots, and then a tape comes like the ceiling turns into lights. She is unrousable. She, like Bond tries to wake her up, um, and and uh, the voice of Blofeld is like screaming things, and Bond gets bored and leaves. <laughs> He yeah. just straight up just goes like, uh, well, whatever. And he leaves the room. Yeah, that's what tells you he's not a great spy <laughs> in this moment. Like, hmm, this could be interesting to see what happens here. It's like, no. Her, her hypnosis takes, I think, three seconds of, of that tape to, to kick in. Yeah. There, there are elements of this whole Piz Gloria sequence that are, are regrettable. And then um, the second girl thing, is uh, in his room already, um, and that implies that she has been skipping her midnight appointments, which means that, like, later on, is she just pretending when they get the gifts? Is she just sort of like, I better go along with this. I've definitely yeah. been, like, sneaking out, and, like, all that they give me is potatoes. I've been sneaking out and, and like, stealing chicken because I've had no protein in, in weeks <laughs> Yeah, to tip off of uh, to anyone that this guy is evil is just the like Frankenstein, uh, like ice castle that Bond has to walk through to yeah. get to to Blofeld's lab and, and office. Again, that's a really cool set. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Blofeld again, just a it's a weird performance. He's just very sexual about everything. He's just... yeah, it's it's pretty bonkers, and he um. Bond tries this interesting thing where he essentially is trying to lure Blofeld out of Switzerland and you're supposed to sort of get it as an audience that it's because Switzerland has like really bad like um uh extradition, yeah, extradition laws and laws. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like why did we have to do this long like they could have just had Blofeld catch Bond before this but instead we just have to watch Bond playing Bray being like you know old chap you could leave your ice castle and come with me to a different country yeah like it's so strange yeah and in the the book they're a lot more explicit about how like the swiss government is going to be no help about us getting this guy who fucking tried to bomb several cities <laughs> to, to <laughs> capture so we're gonna have to like do this with a few guys like just capture blofeld and get him out of the country basically yeah, let's see. Where are we here? Okay, so he he sleeps with Ruby. He sleeps with uh, Pink Panther. Uh, then we get some classic curling action. Yeah, I is love it that these that... girls are excited about curling. That's so cool. <laughs> is it? Because it definitely like insults. I weirdly enjoy the concept of curling, and this is definitely just a bunch of girls throwing a rock. Um, <laughs> have like you ever some curled? of them. No, but I I watch curling on, uh, during the Olympic. Like I actually watch it. I, not I, you know, I think that it's 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 a weirdly cool sport. Um, you're right that it's weird that like this definitely feels like one of those things that like that course existed where they were shooting, and so they were like I don't know, and then uh, they'll they'll do this for a bit. Like it, it's pretty strange. Young women who are allergic to chickens always love curling. <laughs> 
or corn or rice or isn't that yeah i love how the asian girl is the only one they give chopsticks to yeah. <laughs> and then she's like allergic to rice or the something whole, the whole scene is outrageously <laughs> offensive yeah <laughs> just rewatching it right now holy heck that's just so offensive on so many levels also, they have enough money that they have a revolving dinner table, but that or like a revolving room for the dinner table. But they couldn't afford one big dinner table. There's like they're weirdly at two kid tables. If you, if you watch, like, yeah. like <laughs> they're yeah. they they are only like ten girls, but they don't just sit them at one big master table. It's like all right, you know, if your name is between A and J, you're gonna sit on this table, and if your name is like it's it's the whole scene's so weird. Uh, yeah, one of the things uh, Soderbergh said in his essay is he's like, okay, one of my only problems, like, this movie's too long. You can literally cut from 106 to, like, 115, and there's it's Bond, like, uh, sleeping with the other girls and screwing around, and, like, there's no information that doesn't get conveyed by Bond or Blofeld later on. Yeah. That, yeah, that would just pick up the pace a lot. Yeah, it, it, the movie definitely sags here a little bit for me. It, it kind of gets fun again when it gets, you know it gets fun once bond him. yeah it gets fun once once bond gets knocked out and gets dragged to to blofeld and Blof, blofeld does essentially and it's such a survival thing where he does essentially like a fucking surprise bitch like just sort of like yeah time for that <laughs> moment where i sit down in my chair and you sit down in your chair and i tell you what the business is yeah i love he, he tells bond like the whole plot and then the only thing that he doesn't find out he's like all right so how how do these girls he's like hold on i'm taking notes like how are these girls gonna like kill the cat all the livestock or something and he's like all right i'm not telling you that but everything else i tell you what's a movie i'd really i'd love to see is the movie of the skiing comedy where blofeld is like the rich dude that's buying the mountain and <laughs> yeah, all the like total man. shred heads down there at the bottom are all pissed off at him that would be a fun movie. Yeah. I think Orson Welles as, as Blofeld, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, I, I can tell we're really sagging here. I think it's because the middle part of this movie is just such a nothing thing. It's just like... Yeah, we got, it's a pretty boring 20 or so minutes uh, at, at the clinic yeah. between the, the actual plot. All of these girls, and it's the way that they the way that they portray them, every one of them, it feels like they not only have an allergy, they have a learning disability as well. Yeah, I was going to say, like, there's some... That's another questionable choice by Bond to sleep with these women, that there's definitely some mental health uh, questions I have about about these women. Yeah. It's creepy. It it feels creepy. Yeah. Yeah, Just Ruby's using definitely the, not of sound mind. Using the same stupid line about, oh, you're a picture yourself, and twice as beautiful by the firelighter. Yeah, that's also a thing, a thing that, like, Connery's Bond wouldn't have done. Connery's yeah. Bond would have been, like, he would have either, the, for the second girl, he would have specifically not said anything. Yeah. He would have been like, shut up, you cow. Yeah, he would have been like, <laughs> no, for the second one, he would have been like, I've, I already did my wooing for the night. And yeah. Then, like, just, he would have gotten into it. Uh, okay, so can we talk about how uh, they, they figure out James Bond is actually James Bond? Instead of just hitting him on the head, dragging him to, to a cell. Uh, Irma Bunt really wants to slip into Ruby's bed and just get, prank him real good. Well, she's bored. 
she spends all of her time she's clearly like a trained assassin and she spends all of her time taking care of these idiot children like yeah. she she like leads henchmen and like shoots Tracy at the end of the movie she's a badass and she's like you have me here just taking care of children this is terrible <laughs> I hate yeah. this job so much. And he's like, if I'm going to catch Bond, I'm going to pretend to be adult Annie first. <laughs> gotcha. She she's very clearly has skill beyond babysitting a bunch of mentally disturbed, yeah. allergic women. Uh, so then we get... Oh, she gets Tracy straight dump. in the dome. Uh, he, like, she's a, she's a stone-cold killer. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, pops her. That's really kind of a graphic ending scene. Yeah. Dude. But Bond must escape first. Uh, Bond gets yeah. put into a room because, of course, you can't kill Bond. This one does feel one, uh, more, more, a bit more uh, uh, gratuitous than some of the other ones where Blofeld is just sort of like, I'll get to you later. Yeah, here, here's a room <laughs> with a, an escape route if you want to climb a little. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, wait, back to Ruby for one second. Ad- adult Annie. Uh, not that we, you know, anyone really wants to go here, but Bond pulls his kilt down and she laughs and says, it's true. What is she talking about there? It's about the gold, it's it's about the gold balls. He has the line at dinner oh. uh, about his thing being gold balls, which, no, no, no. Here's the thing. I'm not disproving <laughs> your point. It makes it weirder. Is she saying his balls are, are quite are quite golden? Is she saying his balls are very spherical? Te- he also makes a joke about there being four balls. Is she saying he has four <laughs> balls? Yeah, oh. I got a lot of questions there. Um, like, all of it's weird. Anyway, uh, Blofeld says uh, respectable uh, baronets from colleges... Uh, do not seduce female patients at a clinic. Uh, is, is that imply like it's like secret agents, like spies, do that all the time? <laughs> like you're the tenth also, spy who's come also and if done history, that. If, if, also, if history has taught me anything, it's that it's that tenured professors most uh, most assuredly sleep with young women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They couldn't fire them if they found out. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, maybe they they didn't know that fifty years ago. But yeah, the movie does start to pick pick back up here a little bit. I think. Yeah, this is where it really gets uh, going again. Yeah. I, 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 Getting Bond into the place where he gets to climb and he gets to, uh, like, you have the awesome scenes where he the gondola is coming up and down. And he's he's It is a really great moment of slow stress where there are yeah. plenty of, of fast action, that like, you know, boat chase or car chase or, or ski down a mountain. But, like, this is this great moment where, it, like, it really proves that, like, if the threat is real enough you can have something slow like it is it, i think it's an expertly sort of like handled sequence of of stress yeah this sequence and the um breaking into the the banker's safe are are kind of the most like hitchcockian of, of bond scenes in this movie <gasps> totally yeah where the, like the guy is like checks it was like wait a sec did i forget my wallet nah it's good like <laughs> that stuff and then yeah cl- climbing out on the the gondola is really cool um, it bothers me a lot that he rips out his pockets from his pants to use his gloves for some reason. It's weird but, uh, that he couldn't just like find some gloves. Like I think yeah. I don't think we would have we would have um, begrudged him like finding works workman's gloves like sitting next to the thing or something like that. 
But also, I would have just taken socks, too, as opposed to... It's weird to rip out the pockets of your pants. Yeah, he also flies about five feet, I think, horizontally to somehow land on that ladder here, (laughs) going on to the thing. Uh, But, yeah, then we get out for uh, some more skiing, or our first... Our first skiing, I guess, in the movie comes here. Yeah, Bond. Um, again, well, let's let's uh, up, going backwards just one half of a step. You do get another kind of very visceral, cool fight that, like, I think even plays well now. Where with him and like the one the one henchman that he then has to to drag into the um, the ski area before he gets all of his equipment. Um, but I also do love that that yeah. dude is just sitting at the desk and it's like, is that the one henchman who is stuck on like clerical duty? Like, is that the one henchman that like, in case someone has binoculars and this still has to look like a research place that there has to be a front desk? Like, what is that yeah. man sitting there for? <laughs> it is, it, it certainly isn't for ski rental because that's not allowed. So like, why is this dude just sitting there? Also, they like, why do all the Blofeld, uh, the specter henchmen have like olympic jackets yeah did the olympics did the olympics endorse blowfeld that feels <laughs> weird yeah i feel like they have to answer for that <laughs> if i know the olympic committee and i know the olympic committee they ain't answering for a shit <laughs> that's true they don't care they don't care one bit but yeah, Bond gets into his to his blue his blue suit and his fun glasses, and he he freaking takes off a lot. Of, so a lot of these night sequences, I, I I bet were really hard to shoot, but they're beautiful. Um, I think the, we're we're the, still doing. I think we're doing day for night for most of this. It looks like. Um, don't, you, don't you think? I I couldn't tell you. I the I know that it, the lighting changes on on some of them. When he first sets out, it it felt like they were actually shooting at like they were shooting at like five in the morning. Yeah, yeah the, the the more it goes on, the more it feels like the sun is rising. So I yeah. guess. Yeah, and it's supposed to be. Yeah, dawn. The night. Well, no, because he gets down to the um, the uh, town, and it's like night, night. Yeah, oh, they so. handle they handle they handle the light pretty weirdly. But I bet it's literally just that they started filming all the ski stuff, and I bet that they were like, you you can't ski at night; it's dangerous. Like you literally yeah. can't shoot a lot of that stuff when they wanted to actually be doing it. So like it's it's the lighting on some of that gets a little screwy. Um, but like while this has some of the worst sort of like green screen replacement stuff that we've seen in a couple movies for Bond, yeah, yeah, the wide shots are really cool. Yeah, the actual skiing is amazing. Yeah. Um, they're getting they're getting a couple like Olympic or professional you know skiers to to double for uh, Lazenby and Blofeld and all the guys. Um, they have this guy uh, Willie Wagner, who's an Olympic skier who had on his own been been like building cameras and stuff to to shoot skiing, and so he builds this uh, like thirty five um, millimeter handheld Panavision camera and is shooting a lot of the stuff uh, from the ground. Um, and so, like, there's shots here where he's skiing, you know, really fast backwards, holding a camera, uh, getting the action. Uh, and then from, I think, more in the later, like, day scenes, like, with him and, and Tracy skiing, uh, Johnny Jordan, the guy who lost his foot on You Only Live Twice, we talked about last time, uh, is on, like, the rig that he's built. And he's, like, dangling from a helicopter, like, shooting his, his camera uh, for, for that stuff. 
it's really great and it's all really believable and cool and like you feel the danger of like the guns and whatnot because like it's kind of reasonable that someone would be shooting a gun and skiing and then after bond falls which i'm pretty sure is a real fall right they ended up using that but i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that was a real um a real tumble um you then have bond waiting behind a tree like it's a hanna-barbera cartoon um and hitting the dude with the ski who the man who then falls for <laughs> yeah I, I i loosely counted i don't know three days four days yeah yeah also it, it just looks like it looks like a dummy that's made of paper with like skis so the skis are just going and the body's just like flailing like straight up in the air <laughs> like it it goes and goes and granted it makes me want to go to that place and see that that cliff but like <laughs> man it goes goes and then i love that they then cut to bond being like that worked so well i will do it a yeah, second t- time <laughs> Yeah, he does the same thing a second time, and this guy, like, I guess goes backwards or something. It, like, doesn't go straight off the, the cliff. Yeah, he just is there and then gets strangled with his own ski. Yeah, Ooh, well, yeah. Bond, Bond had been skiing for with only one ski for a minute and uh, wasn't working out so hot. So, Which was really cool, and again, they do it, um, they do it about 15, 20 years later in um, uh, Better Off Dead, which I mentioned before. A, a the John Cusack feature uh, about skiing. Also, that movie that I think was uh, based on Better Off Dead, uh, View to a Kill, uh, James Bond skis <laughs> with with one ski again. Yep. Uh, he, he, I think James Bond actually invents snowboarding in that movie, but we'll we'll talk about that then. That's uh, yeah. Come to think of it, uh, Better Off Dead basically does take place in the View to a Kill universe, not the Bond universe, but specifically a View to a Kill. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Christopher Walken's there in, in spirit, at least. Yeah. Um, so I love we run into Back to our John Cusack weird, podcast. Uh, <laughs> Max, did you... Or did uh, You guys notice, or did... did uh, how much did you clock this uh, polar bear costume that cackles in Bond... That, like, screams in Bond's face and then goes off cackling like Pennywise the Clown? Oh, yeah. It's I great. Noticed it's that. so great. It's it so odd. wonderful. It's like it is just have this like so some wonderful. sort of Christmas like this town's out celebrating Christmas Eve and one guy just decided to be a polar bear and like treat it like Halloween. He's just really drunk. He just he has I also love that like on. Bond gets down to the to the village and he's in there for he's in the village for about a half a second and Tracy Tracy like like fucking like you know Tracy like everyone's like like crazy ex-wife is just like hey bond <laughs> yeah like she's just she's like there and she knows exactly where he's gonna be and she's like get in the car bond We're yeah and just but uh, but we we then get what is i think one of the cooler car chases i i actually really really love this car I, chase i absolutely agree especially when they get um when they drive into the like <laughs> the actual like car race like that's really good just action footage yeah um all the stuff in the snow when they're like hitting the snow banks and they're like skidding out like it all feels way way cooler than some of the other other uh ones do yeah totally um also also the specter um irma bunt and, and her guys start shooting at bond when they're like 50 feet away and he's just like has the his back to them in a glass telephone booth of like are they sure that's him? Like, did they did they just shoot? <laughs> did they shoot a couple guys who sort of looked like James Bond? Like, and 
<laughs> towns before that, <laughs> before they get to him. tells me they don't care. <laughs> they also have that weird fight in, like, the bell store? <laughs> yeah. Like, they just you, you've fight. You've been to the bell store. Right? You're by your bells, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then Bond like it's also one of the, the one of those great ones where Bond enters on a ground floor, beats up a guy, and then goes out a third floor window, like like it, <laughs> yeah. the some of that stuff they just they just sort of like and it happened a lot in the back in the day where they're sort of just like no one's gonna care I don't know there's bells it's cool, um but then it then it starts to yeah. snow too much, uh it does it gets a little spooky for them and they gotta pull off to a little uh. Uh, a little, I guess, abandoned farmhouse. What? What is that? It's it's like the barn, to, yeah. Uh, farmhouse, which uh, I I forgot before watching this again. If they like had a fire or something, um, they they don't. It's just lit like that in there, and uh, <laughs> it has to be freezing cold. Like <laughs> that that place is no heat, no insulation. Uh, the most most romantic scene of the movie here. Yeah. It's yeah, again, it's this a little is the... jarring they, they head for marriage right away. They're like, Yeah, let's get married. They haven't seen each other in like a month, maybe two months. Uh yeah, a few few weeks I'd say maybe. Um, it's I don't know, man, it's something. Um, she like they they say they're gonna get married, they do the whole fun like fun chastity joke. Yeah. And then <laughs> Bond, Bond is like, like Bond, we Bond, should wait till you're, we yeah. are married. <laughs> Bond then pulls out a pitchfork, and you're like, ah, finally, Bond kills again. Bond, <laughs> Bond could never love a, 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 the these women are nothing but sport for Bond. Oh wait, no, he's going to knock out the legs of this manger she's on, so that she rolls into his arms, in in what is just a very contrived sort of like set piece. Yeah, um, Diana Rigg is is doing some real heavy lifting in in these scenes as well. I think she's really e- elevating uh, him as well. Yeah, again, I he does okay for me in these moments. He really is at his worst when they're trying to make him Connery. I think he actually mm-hmm. handles the love scenes pretty well. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, they make it through the night, and then um. Then it's time to ski again, baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're not all the way down the mountain. It is the Alps. They gotta, they gotta ski. And finally, we pay off that again. The going back to um no no ground only ice. We go back to when she uh when they first take off in the helicopter and she points down and she's like, "This is avalanche country." And it's like, yeah. cool, cool. <laughs> um. But it, it finally pays off again where they're like, uh, Blofeld is like, oh, shit, I've also been on that helicopter ride, and she also told me about Avalanche Country. I can use this. <laughs> uh, real quick with Diana Rigg, this is uh, at, at the time or shortly after they shot the movie, she said, uh, many people, when they find themselves in a completely new world, face problems when they're, uh, which they're not prepared for. Uh, George will get over them because he's resilient, young, and very, very good-looking. I think he fits the role very well. In fact, he's got a quality which is exactly right for any person with uh, who's going to follow Sean Connery, and that is he's casual. He's not trying, he's not earnest, and doesn't appear to be very frightened. He's very flip, and that is going to be the most successful factor. And this is uh, year decades later, uh, Diana Rigg said, I knew perfectly well why I got the job. George Lazenby was ill-equipped. I was there to steer him through and give it some gravitas. Yeah. 
Uh, they did not actually like each other very much, right? No, and I, I think part of that was uh, they they almost sort of had a, a fling, or they had a tiny thing, uh, some sparks at the beginning, and, and she basically said to him, like, you know, this we could go out, like, this could be something if you don't try to bang every woman who's <laughs> within your sight. And Lazenby <laughs> could not commit to that, so yeah. I don't like, think they I'm ultimately I'm a method other. actor, um, yeah. so I will be... <laughs> He brought that into the movie as well. He really, <laughs> yeah. uh... Goes uh for actually, Bro. Lazenby was dating, uh, around the time they're finishing this, uh, I think, Lazenby uh, is dating and living with uh, Jill St. John, the star of the next movie. So, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, there you go. Wow. Well, uh, guess what? R- really Blofeld amazing shot. sets off an avalanche. Yeah. It happens. We've been <laughs> yeah, paying, we've been happen. waiting for it. He does it. They, if I'm not mistaken, they tried to. They wanted to do it for real. They wanted. They they had to plan with the Swiss government because they obviously on ski, on slopes and stuff. They you have to set off avalanches at certain times. Um, but wouldn't you know it? Right before they get there, like it actually there's an actual avalanche. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they had to do like a com- a combination of like stock footage, um, uh, one or two like setups, and then uh, the scenes that only if you know you know. Um, but a lot of the scenes where it's like real close-ups of trees and stuff, um, that's all just salt and like wind machines, which is really cool. It looks great. Yeah, yeah, that it looks okay considering how last minute they had to do it. Um, yeah, and that's that's uh, John Glenn uh, who directs all the movies in the '80s. I think this is his first Bond movie. He edits this and is given the job of of shooting the avalanche and the bobsled sequence. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, ends up doing some miniature stuff, some composite stuff. There is, like, one or two shots where uh, Bond and Tracy are escaping the avalanche where it just looks like they put ants on skis, <laughs> like, <laughs> shot them from far away. Uh, I don't know if Blofeld needed to sacrifice three of his henchmen. He's just like, you three keep going, and then he shoots a flare, like, immediately. <laughs> like, I think it's also uh, a really messy way to try to like, because how do you know if you actually get him or not? Like it's it's a poor plan. Yeah, I, I like that. Twice in the James Bond franchise that I can count, people have decided that Avalanche is the way to kill James Bond. Like, yeah, let's just go for Avalanche. Well, they're trying to get him psychologically too, because that's how his parents went out. So no, that's true. They really want to cut cut James Bond deep. Yeah. Blofeld well, knows like, that you know. because he's ha- he's stepbrothers with uh, yeah exactly. Bond. It's all canon. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think um, maybe the most spectacular shot for me in the movie is just the long like helicopter shot where it's like the five or six guys like single file going down the mountain. It's just beautiful. gorgeous. Yeah, especially with like the, um, the fact so that like it's clearly he's... a first shot. It's clearly because like they're creating their tracks for the first time. Yeah, like, like, it's it's so beautiful. Uh, he had a lot of guts. That's that's one of the worst lines in any Bond movie. Yeah, it's terrible. Just awful. Uh, I so mean, he had a lynch. lot of guts. That state, that snow stays red <laughs> for a really long time. I think that he's saying yeah. that, that, like, I think he's literally saying the amount of guts he had was more than a normal man because <laughs> that, yeah, thing spe- that thing spews red for thirty seconds. See, I would like it if it was like Austin Powers, and and we just have like. Tracy after is like, ah, ha ha, James. And he's like, no, seriously, did you see how much guts that guy had? <laughs> that guy clearly has lots of guts. Uh, so r- rare kind of um, shot for the series where um, you get Bond, uh, you get get a glimpse inside James Bond's head as he sees uh, 
Tracy getting uh, captured like in M's window. Yeah, uh, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but she gets kidnapped, and then essentially M is like, leave her. He he. We finally get the payoff of um, him coming back and and essentially and uh, being able to essentially just tell. Uh, what's his face? Tracy's dad. Like, hey, do you remember how you're the number two, like, group of villains to Spectre? <laughs> what if I, I don't know, borrowed your small army, um, to go and like r- raid the shit out of this place? Normally, I just use Americans, but this time I'll use you, a Portuguese sort of crime syndicate. <laughs> Last time I used Felix Leiter, but then he made a comment about how I look good and everything. And yeah, I haven't called him in like four years. Yeah. <laughs> also, I've, I I just I ran plumb out of modern ninjas, so if if you wouldn't mind giving me some some Portuguese gangsters. Yeah, t- there's a cutscene where Tiger Tanaka calls him. He's like, you know, I could help out on this one too. I, I still hate Blofeld. He's like, nah, swords, yeah. come on. Bond really goes through some phases of just like i'm gonna hire weird folks to help me uh yeah i I really don't care for uh coming on to to tracy here i I think you guys have the wrong opinion about about sexy blofeld by telly savalas it's awful and it's horrible but it's very fun see i I don't think telly savalas is untalented i just don't like the choices made uh for blofeld here uh, it's also implied yeah. here too that he told he tells her his entire plan as well because he's we we jump into this scene mid scene where he's sort of like so what do you think team up with me as I just told you I'm about to kill almost the whole world and blackmail the UN and it's and like you you have to think that she's sitting there and she's like why are you telling me this? yes <laughs> what are you doing and then she has that sick burn where he's like you could marry me and you can uh, you'd be marrying a count she's like bitch I'm a countess. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I love, too, that uh, when her father and James Bond are flying in, they spend a good three minutes just being like, no, bro, yeah, it's like a diplomatic mission, dude. Like, yeah. back off. I know, they keep on just being like, well, the best part is but at first they spend a full minute having like them call the, the helicopter and having Draco be like, I don't know, do I answer? Do I not answer? Let's be coy. <laughs> Let's yeah. be cute. Uh, so I, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, a lot of people, after they saw this for the first time in the 60s, uh, decided it was a good idea to take their modern art uh, spikes off the wall, because that, that can just go south really fast, you know, if yeah. you're in a fight with someone. It's just like when people stop playing lawn darts, you know, it's like, what's next? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's basically, it's the Bond version of, uh, in Halloween 6, the, the person that just gets killed on the spike that's coming out of the wall that's like what that thing wasn't even passing for art (laughs) that was just a spike on the wall uh so i think this is the last time in this series that we get the original recording of the bond theme played it is uh, yeah which is always a little lazy i think past dr no it's like just you've got john barry like just re-orchestrate it like yeah um, it's, I mean, it's fine here. Uh, cool, cool shot of, uh, Lazen B slip sliding along. Yeah. I love how he does a little penguin slide there. That's yeah. a really fun. He practiced when they were playing their fun game yeah. earlier. This is, this is <laughs> yeah. why. 
It he was, was all the, training. He has now become the curling orb, or whatever you See, call the, the thing that you... There, in the curling scene, he he couldn't throw it well the first time so that he could look down and see his spy friend. And then they they weirdly make a meal of it when Blount is like, it's your, it's your turn still. You need to throw the rock. And he's like, do I have to? And she's like, yeah, that time didn't count. And it's like, okay, let's spend 15 seconds on this. And all of it is so that later in the film, he can throw himself. Yeah, co- pretty good action scene. Um, really, it, I think... You know, there, there's a couple standouts in, in the earlier movies, obviously, like Bond versus uh, Red Grant and then Ajab. But uh, on the whole, I, I think this the action in this movie just feels way more modern and, and exhilarating to watch than, than we've seen so far in the series. And honestly, for probably the next few movies in the series, yeah, uh, more than them as well, it's just shot, edited really well. Save for maybe some, there's some crazy jump cuts in, in some areas. But. Yeah, and it kind of, I mean, with Peter Hunt now directing, it does have a little bit, maybe too much of his weird speed it up, speed up frames mm-hmm. thing that he does mm-hmm. that I kind of get maxed out on it here, but... Yeah. The explosion but is also, nice um, that they pull off, and then we get into wait, Blofeld with escaping. Wait, Gloria? What? I was going to say the, the opposite. I, I don't... I feel like the the blowing up that model uh, doesn't doesn't look so great. Yeah, I I was I it didn't like it didn't offend me just because like you they purposely never shoot any really really great exteriors until then just to sort of like not not give you anything else to to base it on. So you're just sort of like you know you're more you're most focused on yeah. when is the shot going to show that Bond get out, got out. Um, so like I think they get away with it. I like that the the scientists aren't aren't just like running away like the end of You Only Live Twice. You have a uh, guy in a lab coat comes out and just throws a beaker at Bond that like sizzles through a glass door. Which I don't know how that the substance was sitting in a glass beaker in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, I forgot it was missing speed. Once it had the speed of his throw. <laughs> so, but I, I like that's some cool stuff. Bond like shooting at Blofeld going out of there. Um, yeah, just just cool action here, uh, and I like the, um, the I think the bobsled is pretty cool. Yeah, Lazenby like looks cool. cool here too. Oh, after uh, oh yeah, go. He's good at doing action. I mean, he he just yeah. he really sells it as we've discussed before. Draco just clocks his daughter in the face, and uh, yeah, she gets the she she really like she's a stronger character and we we respect her for it but like she gets her clock cleaned by 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 her father and future husband in ways that are not great yeah 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 i I also really don't care for the way that bond several times in the movie like during the action scenes is like good girl (laughs) that hasn't aged great no Neither is it that uh, that Telly Savalas is about to um, unload all of the shots in his gun and then do what I always think that villain should do and throws the gun at Bond, (laughs) which is not not cool and not suave, but it made me happy. Yeah, I like that touch. Um, The bobsled thing is is uh, in the book, actually. And I, I don't think you had Bond like hanging on to it in the end. That's more of a movie thing. But it him chasing Blofeld and then. Uh, he gets, uh, I don't think Blofeld catches onto a tree, but it's like Blofeld just throws the grenade and like Bond gets, gets knocked out and like blown away by it basically. And then 
Blofeld obviously comes back for, for the end. Yeah, now we yeah, finally have um, the end of what's like... It's a like fun the sequence, fourth. though, the sledding sequence. Definitely, definitely. Um, it Taking something that is inherently one track and one speed and making it making it feel dangerous is really cool because the only danger you truly have on bobsledding is speed um but like it it they they it they do such a great job of 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 implying like a a real sort of like race on this thing when both bobsleds would essentially just like maintain the same speed all the way down and then they would get out and keep running but like they they do a great job of of sort of Im- like implying otherwise yeah. Again, uh, the the wedding I think proves why Bond and Tracy are are perfect for each other. That uh, none of them have any friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the MI6 staff and like Draco's henchmen. Yeah. Q gets a nice a nice cute little line that's like legitimately adorable, and then you have the money penny thing that I I think that she acts really really well like her performance in that is beautiful but i but i hate the choice for the character yeah to be crying to be to be crying in a way that is that that you know it she was clearly directed to do that right we're like we're supposed to feel that she's crying because she doesn't get bond but like i do think that she is legitimately and she 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 she's able to pull it off when the hat gets tossed to her um because i think that like you know she she handles it really well, but like Money Penny should always be Bond's kind of only friend. Yeah. Like Money Penny yeah. is the only person that that doesn't care about that. Like is able to sort of carve through the machismo and the bullshit and be like the person that's actually there for him. I think uh, I think part part of it also is just the fact that she does. You know, there is more of a an actual you know connection and respect between them than they let on by you know flirting every day at the office like i think i think part of it is just that she she does care about bond and is you know happy and and has a lot of feelings about him him getting married yeah Uh, and i think she also knows that she's sort of losing him even as a friend because he's not he's never going to be back in the office again you know what i mean in some ways it's kind of like she's there on the happiest day of his life but it's kind of the last time she's ever going to see him yeah Mm, you think mm -hmm. James Bond had to have had a lot of shithead friends at college, you'd think. Like, oh, you think he had they, to. They, There had to be, there should have been a, a scene where she's like, who are those guys, Bond? And he's like, oh, that's Squee and Ducky yeah, Dick Doug. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a couple guys are like doing a keg stand or something. Um, <laughs> Just doing some now lines. We have, now lines. we have the really great serious moment um, where they're in the car and they're driving away and it's the Aston Martin. And then Blofeld shows up, and he's in a fucking neck brace, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is just why. I get it, I guess, for realism, but come on. Cause he said, "I'm I'm going into full sicko mode now." Also, his <laughs> neck didn't didn't heal in in twelve years. He's got the neck brace for uh, for your eyes only, uh, cold open. Yeah, it's just crazy. Well, and then as, we, as we said, we have Blount. We have Blount, who, like, shot of the century, Blount. Like, you go, girl. Yeah, they, like, they only fired that gun. They only put, like, six bullets around them or something. She's a queen. I love her. Unironically, it, I think she's awesome. She's a really it implies, cool Bond yeah, it, imp- it implies that she, like, was aiming for Tracy. Yeah. 
like because because like she shoots and like she only t- as you said it's like three or four shots and like none of them are really anywhere near bond honestly because bond messed up her man yeah it's uh, it's the classic point. the classic specter like let's maybe not kill bond yet but let's really damage him psychologically but yeah th- think of how how crazy this would have been in at the end of the 60s after five movies of of bond and a girl and a boat basically at the end yeah like uh so the original plan i think was that uh they were gonna have um the movie would end with the wedding and then uh diamonds would open with tracy's assassination so Mm. i do you think like let's let's imagine either way like lazenby does the next movie and we get a better script than the diamonds we do get do you think it's better if it happens that way or or this way um i i don't really know how i feel i don't know if i feel either way I think, One way or the other. Um, I think her dying before the the credits, like of the next movie, would be cool. But I think it's, I think if you did that and fans had two years to wait, they would kind of just expect that to happen. Whereas it's real shocking and memorable to do as just the last minute of this movie. Yeah. If this movie was the twenty minutes shorter that we're saying it could be, um, then that, then like. That's then I think it's perfect. I think you end it with this. You end it with exactly where what you have. You end it with with like the 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 policeman showing up and opening the, the door and Bond being in Bond Bond in literal shock. Like not a not a quip. Not a like Bond yeah. literally in it having like a a, a freaking like he's he's getting PTSD now. Um and and like ending it there, I think as a film is wicked powerful. This movie as a, as a movie is just really long and you get to this point and i think for a lot of people you almost have fatigue going into what mm-hmm. should be like a, a a surprise climax that you didn't even expect yeah yeah that, i mean i would definitely cut some time from the movie but but the ending totally works for me i, I find it a little jarring that they it's a jarring note to end a james bond movie on it works really well it's very weird when they're having the, the credits roll and they play the James Bond theme right song after, and you're like, yeah. wow, this that feels like very yeah, jarring. Right. Yeah. This did not end like a James Bond movie ends. They could have they could have and yeah, should they, have they should played have done... like a, a slower a slower instrumental of the love song. Yeah. Yeah. That that would have been uh, way better. Um yeah apparently Lazenby did it and said in his own words, like you know, he he thought he was starting to get kind of good at, at acting by the end. And so he, he was able to get himself to cry. And he, he does the last scene with tears in his eyes. And Peter Hunt is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, James Bond doesn't cry. And then, but it's weird because they add in kind of a crying, like, sound effect after. as he Yeah, when he, like, puts his head down. Uh, just, yeah, stra- strange choices there. Yeah. Uh, but, I, yeah, I, I like the ending. Yeah, I do, I do too. I look is it on the whole. I, I really like this movie. Me too. It's probably better than the next three movies in the series, for all intents and purposes. It's kind of a, and I think it's probably better than the movie before it. I think I like it. Oh, I, I definitely better like than, it better yeah. than you uh, live twice. You live twice. I definitely do. I I I'll maintain what I said like two hours ago. 
where it's just I think that if he does if Lazenby does three four movies we view him not even just in a different light we view him in a in like a massive positive light because yeah. like he does bring he brings what what Brosnan eventually brought which is this the this playful like like there there is a Sean Connery has a magnetism that is violent um in, in all of its forms um you are drawn to him but you but it it is it is immediate and it is and it is rash and it and it is like it's all the things that makes his bond his bond like Lazenby brings as 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 uh, Rig said like brings this sort of like easygoing nature that like fits the bond character so well yeah i i wish yeah. we could have gotten another at least two more Lazenby movies for me i think it's very clear he grows in the process of making this movie and turns in actually a better performance than I remembered. Yeah, I, I don't know if Connery plays the, the love scenes as well as, as Lazenby does, honestly. Um, but yeah, do, I'm curious, like, because they were both considered, um, do you think uh, Timothy Dalton at, like, you know, in his mid-20s does a better job, or Roger Moore as, you know, Roger Moore is, like, 40 here? Do you think that either of them would be as good or, or better in this movie? I don't. I wouldn't buy more because I. I. I wouldn't. It would. I think it would ruin. It would not ruin. It would be too much of a swing for Bond because more would more would play the marriage stuff in a in a real way that is too committed to it instead of the what we talked about, which is essentially two characters who are gamifying love. Yeah. Um. I think T. Dalts would would have done really well in this. Yeah. I think of all of the Bonds that I wish could have been in this, I actually would have chosen Sean Connery, just because it feels like it's so in the mold of his movies. I think... And, go ahead. Uh, I don't know. It, it just it, To me, everything about it feels like a Connery movie and of his era, other than the fact that he's not in it. I and, think if you, you could have made this with Connery in, in 63 or 64, it's, it's great. I think... I think Connery... As happened in real life. Well, I'm if talking they, in a perfect world. Him, yeah, 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 if you're getting the best version of Sean Connery, sure. If you're getting a 1963, 64 Sean Connery, I think he would have been very, very good in this movie, and it would have fit really well with all of his other movies. Mm. Uh, so this movie comes out, uh, I think, around Christmas of '69. Makes about 87 million on a budget of eight, which is pretty great um you know less about 20 or so million less than uh you only live twice i think so it's they've kept going down uh since thunder Roll, so the producers kind of see it as underperforming um still still a hit they still are trying to get lazen b uh while they're making it they're trying to get lazen b to uh sign a contract for seven more movies God, which is crazy um Lazenby's uh, hippie friends are, are telling him that Bond is out, Bond is too square, and it's not going to survive the 70s, so eventually he, he says no, shows up to the premiere with a beard, which pisses them off. Oh, and he's got his, his friends, uh, he's friends with this band called Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and apparently during like the movie early on, he's like, are you sure you want John Barry to do the music? I could get Blood, Sweat, and Tears to do the score, like, it'd be odd, like, kids would love it and they're like no john barry's got this like john barry knows what he's doing uh so yeah lazenby walks um this movie comes out this uh 69 uh 
big big year a lot of ways you know moon landing woodstock uh it's the year that uh my favorite movie and i think yours as well from last year uh takes place so uh i I have to ask uh who who plays a better james bond uh george lazenby or rick dalton (laughs) um i'm gonna say lazenby i think (laughs) yeah Rick Dalton, I don't know if he can play anything well. I think he's surprisingly good in that that western. Yeah, when he gets really mad at himself and yeah. <laughs> about how much he drinks, he does it turn into a pretty good performance. Look, I want... J.J. Abrams is dead to me now, and uh, I want his uh, punishment for Rise of Skywalker to be that he's forced to put Leonardo DiCaprio as Rick Dalton into Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> the way Diamonds is just... Sticking Leo's face in there, and I'm I'm all about that movie. I actually would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> they should consider making that. But yeah, it feels like a, it feels like kind of a really good movie for to come out in '69. It's, it's I think '69 is the the end of a period where there was a lot of love and everyone was you know the the sort of flower power movement of the late '60s comes crashing down in '69 with the Manson mm-hmm. murders and. Mm-hmm. The Rolling Stones. Where, where was it that they uh, had that fan killed by Hell's Angels, who were the that security? Might have been this for, year. Yeah, uh, Give me shelter, shelter. Yeah. So yeah, you're going into a pretty tumultuous decade in the '70s, and this feels like it. Again, kind of a tumultuous end to a Bond movie. It does not have a happy ending. Yes, that part's pretty yeah. radical. Yeah. It's pretty great. I I only have. One last important thing that I I actually have no concept of what's going to be, and that's going to be um, R W. Who the hell am I fighting? So I'll give you guys the choice. Both of you have the choice between Blofeld and Irma Bot. So consider Ooh. it. I'm not sure you. Is Blofeld is Blofeld buttoned up or is, or is that motherfucker buttoned down? He's buttoned down. He's Ooh. and he. He's swagging. Are we indoors or on skis? What? Um, Ooh. Because I don't think we see... I don't know if Irma Bunt skis. No. I'll let, I'll let you choose. I don't know. She, wanna... she paraglides. That's her, her, her action sport of choice. Uh, whew. I, I, don't think I, I don't think I can beat either of them. So I... I why... I'll, I'll fight. I'll fight Blofeld uh, in in his office, and uh, there's there's a vial of that uh, exploding that whatever alien blood gets thrown at Bond <laughs> is on the table, and I think I've got a thirty percent chance. Okay. For also, me. I'm I'm gonna be as as attractive and sensual as I can. Yeah, that's and, gonna help. Uh, you that's that's. I'm really gonna throw him off and just offer to take him on a romantic holiday. I think my chances just went up to seventy percent for Telly Savalas as Blofeld. You may, <laughs> may want to be even put on our favorite Christmas song. Do you know how a Christmas tree is grown in the ground or whatever the hell? It's yeah, called. that's going on the, <laughs> on the turntable. Do you know how Christmas trees are grown? Because the song tells us they need sunshine and raindrops. That's logical, I guess. Yeah. But most of all. Nina tells us in the song, Christmas trees just need love. That so seems well, biologically, accurate. I don't think that's true. <laughs> that seems very... I think that the whole 
if if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it sort of implies that trees grow whether or not there is love around <laughs> all right max what it's is- not talking about human love Tree- trees can love too yeah, okay, this is a weird. This is a different podcast. I'm gonna. I'm okay. okay. <laughs> I I am going to take a heel turn from what my previous line has been, which is essentially, I will find a way to beat any of these bastards. Yeah. I I a hundred. I one. I'm losing. I'm losing to Bunt no matter what. Yeah. She's she's she's, she's horrifying. The, I adore her. The woman like, is an absolute unit. She's yeah. I. She's she. We don't see. It is. It's that. It's that. It's that old adage that's about the human brain, where like we don't see. She she's using ten percent of her powers in this yeah. film. Yeah. Like that, her unleashed is is a hell on earth that I would not be able to survive. Um, and then Blofeld and some gross shit. Like he's the dude with like he's got pocket sand and he's got like, you know, he's got mace. Like he's gonna pull some underhanded crap and he's gonna like he's gonna win on a technicality. And people are going to be like, you know, if it was a fair yeah. fight, but like it would never be a fair fight. Well, same with I, I think you can you can say that you can pick the terms you're fighting uh, Irma Bunt uh, on, but she might just show up in your bed. That's a valid you know? point. Yeah. She shows up the night before the fight. She might just drive by. We know she loves that move. God, I love her so much. Um, I guess for me, I'll make it pretty easy. I would I would lose to both pretty quickly. I think Irma Bunt would just absolutely kick my ass. And uh, I think Telly Savalas' Blofeld's a pretty tough opponent, too. I don't think there's any scenario in which I'd beat either one of them. I just watched this movie, and I don't remember if he has a cat in it. He does. He does not have yeah, a cat Yeah, he does. Does he? Yeah. In, in his office? Yeah, he has a cat in two, in two different shots. But they're they're um they're real quick. But yes, he 100 percent has the cat. A, okay. I bet okay. anything that Savalas was like, I fucking hate that cat. Because there <laughs> he is in. I'm not gonna do any more cat he's, scenes. One of the one of the shots is him holding the cat, and then they immediately cut away. The other shot is um, he gets up out of a chair and puts the cat down. Like it, the the entire shot is maybe one second long. There's a story in this book about Savalas finds out the like weekly allowance they're giving Lazenby, and it's like, cool man, let's play poker, and it's like winning all his money from him, and then like Harry Saltzman has to come in and be like, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> give it his money back. <laughs> it's like give Georgie Boy his cash. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, that's uh, that's that movie. I, I yeah. I'll end with I actually will end with a, with a question this week if y- y'all don't mind. Yeah. What? Re watching this for the for the first time in full, Lazenby jumped jumped in my esteems to where I might put him I put him actually higher than I had before on my sort of like total bond list in a way that I think is gonna be a bit shocking. Um I don't want to hear your lists or anything. I want you to tell me if he if La- if Lazenby is still at the bottom of your list. I think think he is but it's this is not this this might not even be like bottom five james bond performance but as overall actor i think he's in sixth place okay Uh, i just don't feel he has a big enough sample size it's so hard to judge him one based off one movie he's almost at the bottom for me because i have so little to go i get it i'm just i'm just saying like you know 
it's not it's not all about rings, you know. If we're talking we're talking basketball, it's not all about rings. Sometimes it's not all about sometimes rings. it's about a. Uh, I'm just saying maybe this is like you know. I I. It's I'm gonna, You said I'm, you said Dalton. You might put after. I him. didn't say who because the person that I would put at the end is actually gonna piss some people off. Um, <laughs> I think you're going to say Roger. So Moore. let's not. So let's not get into it until we actually. <laughs> yeah. See, I so know. I knew get, that's where you so were going with this so already. So let's not get into it. I'm gonna. I'm, How dare you? If you if you don't shut up now, Blunt's gonna show up in your bed. You be you be careful. Uh, well, a, a Blunt is. Yeah. The joke's on you. That's my fetish. So. Uh. Well, we uh, we yeah. Uh, I you know I might. I might take Lazenby in this movie as performance over more in certainly Man with the Golden Gun. <laughs> Maybe Live and Let Die. Uh, I, I don't want to. Let's hear hey more. hey. Don't let's talk. let it. Let's let it. Let's let it be until that until we get to that podcast because that will be a podcast. Yeah. Oh, and one one okay. very 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 brief. Um, I'm literally saying this not even as a question to the group. This is a this is an actuality. Once we've hit all the Bond films, we're doing the Austin Power films. Yes, um, that's because that, especially watching this, Blofeld um, undoing the shirt, e- even that is is quoted in the first Austin Powers movie, where like he oh. he um, there's a moment where he is sort of like shirt down with like a tucked in white shirt and like kind of showing just a tiny bit of pudge, like th- the first Austin Power movie is in particular Austin Power movie in particular is a. The, the more Bond movies I watch, it, it, it has upped my respect for Austin Powers by tenfold. Hmm. Yeah. I, I would actually just like to rewatch all those movies, so I say absolutely. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pitching hard for it. Uh, really quick, this week, uh, two Bond people died. Claudine Augier, who played Domino in Thunderball, and Peter Lamont, who um, did crew stuff and like set decorator, I think, starting with Goldfinger and then replaced Ken Adam as a production designer on For Your Eyes Only and did every movie through Casino Royale, I think, save for Tomorrow Never Dies. So rest in peace to to those two. Uh, Also in Bond news, uh, I think I read this week, uh, No Time to Die did not come out. (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll keep checking in on that. Yeah. We'll see. Easter Easter this year, you'll be able to see it in one of two movie theaters that's left. <laughs> yeah. Um, congratulations. We've, we've done it. All right. Episode six in the books. Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we will see you very soon for Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> <laughs>